What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's Dave and Isaac. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. We are back with another draft special episode talking about four new prospects. We plan on getting six in last time. It did not happen. We went a little over an hour and only got four, so we're going to stick with four and hopefully not cover you a two-hour show here. I like a lot of these guys we're talking about today, so it's possible that we go for an hour again, but we'll see. Isaac, how's it going, man? Man, doing good, man. Um, Again, man, excited to be back on here talking draft prospects. Like I always say, man, this is one of my favorite times of the year. I mean, we got NBA playoffs and some great matchups going on there. We got draft coming up and all kind of stuff going on, man, so I'm I'm excited to be here talking about these prospects, breaking them down. I've been watching a lot of films. So, uh, man, let's let's get it. All right, man. I'm actually I'm going to start. I'm going to lead off today. One of uh, one of our guys on Twitter, Mr. Chris, he mentioned this guy. He asked me about him. I'm like, man, he is on the list for me to look at, but I've not started watching film on him, but we'll get to him. So since Chris asked about him, we're going to talk about Cam Thomas from LSU, a yeah. four shooting guard. And, uh, Chris, I, I'm kind of glad that you put me on to him, man. Th- this is definitely a guy that we would have talked about probably sooner rather than later, but I'm glad that we're talking about him right now. Um, I, Isaac, I, I've got quite a few notes here on him. I want to hear what, what do you think about, uh, about Cam Thomas from LSU, man? Man, uh, you, you look up, shoot your shot in urban dictionary, man. It might be a picture of <laughs> Cam Thomas right there, man. He, he, he never seen a shot he doesn't like, man. 23 points a game. Uh, three and a half rebounds and assists, almost a steal, 88% from the free throw line. And one thing that, that really jumps off the film with him and that I really like is the build, his ability to, to get in the lane and draw contact. And it just mm-hmm. talked about 88% from the free throw line. Uh, that, that's good stuff. I think that's probably his his best best trait. Really good ball handler. I mean, he's constantly moving off the ball, uh, adapting, coming off screens, getting shots. Uh, solid athlete. Uh, as we said, he, he's a chucker. I mean, he put shots up. He can, can, can get a little tunnel vision sometime and, and, and to put up some bad shots. But, uh, I mean, he can score. I mean, he's a scorer, more of a scorer than a shooter, uh, I, I would say, because his three-point numbers aren't that good. I think he's 32.5% on seven attempts per game. I think he's 68 of 209 overall. So, I mean, he's not efficient from the three-point line, but he doesn't stop from putting them up. I mean, he's a guy that's going to get shots up. And I think, again, I think getting into the lane and – and uh, getting get, drawing fouls, I think, is his best attribute. Attribute. I think one thing that I think he's kind of a tweener. I think that's kind of a knock. He's kind of too. He's not really a point guard, but he's also small for a shooting guard. And I think that's kind of the knock on him. I think that's kind of one of the reasons why he's projected lower in the first round. But I mean, I think he's good prospect. And I think anytime you can score the way he can, I think that scoring will translate. I think he just needs to be a little bit more efficient and, and work on taking better shots. I think if this dude was six six, he'd be your number one prospect. Yeah, legitimately. Yeah. Like he he. So a, a lot of the things that you talk about, I I agree with it. I put down. I was, you know, looking through and I, and I tried to mark down two or three things that are improvement areas and two or three things that are strengths. 
and and shooting scoring was the number one thing and i think that's his strength um the the different videos and the different film that i watch and, and i read a few different articles on this guy on and one of the guys has him down as as the best shot maker at the collegiate level he said i i think and that's not saying that he's the best shooter but he can make tough shots and yeah. that, so some of that is his confidence and that leads to you know um jalen rose always uh he has the um was it irrational confident play of the night or whatever yeah. you know yeah and i think you know cam thomas is going to uh going to be one of those guys eventually as, as he moves into the next level but uh n- number one strength for him is definitely scoring he can do it all you know mid-range like you said moving yeah. without the ball finishing through contact getting to the free throw line um he, he has shown a pretty good ability to be a catch and shoot shooter so you know playing without the ball that's huge especially coming to the grizzlies if, if that's somebody the grizzlies um happens to target you're going to need to move without the ball because more often than not john moran is going to be the guy with be the on the ball team. yeah um and then for for range man he, you said he hasn't there's not a shot that he doesn't like and so i was you know just watching the video and, and the film <laughs> on him there's plenty of times when this dude is logo, like he's driven yeah, he, it from yeah, the logo. Yeah, he's up thirty foot, man, for sure. And, and so for his range, I, I didn't make a big note on that. And, and you know, when I'm looking down here on my iPad, and there's some some of these guys, I got like you know over half the pages filled up with notes on them. And for his range, the only thing I put, man, is logo range because he he's got it. And, and I didn't pull up the numbers to see how efficient he was from that deep. Cause some guys will just pull from there and they'll make them here and there. And you're going to yeah. see those in highlight films. When they make a 30, 35 foot three, you're going to see those. But what you don't generally see is how many they miss. So I'm not sure where his efficiency level is, you know, when, when he's shooting that deep, but he's not scared to let it rip from there. Um, and then scoring in transition, there were a number of times that I saw him without the ball, get off the floor and get to a corner and get spotted up. Yeah, I mean, he's and, great, and great, that is, great at that. That is huge. You know, when you're playing with a guy that can attack the rim like John ja Morant, if you get out ahead of everybody and you get in the right spot, he can get you the ball for a corner three. And that is – that's something for me that I've put more of a focus on. If I'm looking at wings this year, I'm looking at how they fit with John ja Morant. And so you can kind of get yourself in trouble with that because sometimes you don't want to go best fit. You want to go best available. And I I think that the, you know, this front office has, you know, for the most part, they've gone best available, not necessarily best fit. It's worked out pretty well so far, but uh, you know, this year is just a different animal. It's not, you know, they were rebuilding the team and this team's looking pretty solid depending on, what transactions trans, you know, like between now and the start of the season or, or maybe even the, you know, the draft night, there are a lot of things that can happen between now and then that could change who they're targeting here. But, um, I, I would not be disappointed other than the size at six, four for a two. I, I wouldn't be disappointed with Cam Thomas. He, he has, um, his on ball defense is not great. If they get him in the post, he's not strong enough. He gets pushed off of his mark. Yeah. And muscle muscle comes with time in the you know w- w- when he gets in the gym, and and in the weight room and puts that muscle on. There's always a leap for a guy coming from college to you know when he starts putting that muscle. Look at Giannis when he came in the league as compared to what he is now, and that just shows you. And not everybody is going to swell up like that. 
but but generally you you see a pretty good leap in in strength for a guy once he gets to the next level um and then i i saw quite a few times where he was uh caught standing still like where he was you know straight up wasn't in a defensive stance didn't close out well ball watching yeah I think so you know it, his defense is an area that needs improvement but that is to me defense is it's a decision right if you have the type of talent that you are playing d1 basketball and you're a first round talent you don't have to be a lottery talent if you're a first round talent if you're a guy that's being considered in the first round of the draft then you can learn how to play defense. It's whether you want to or not. And, and I don't know. I'm not saying that he does or doesn't. You know, I, I'm not watched enough interviews. I don't know. You know, you don't know a guy's mindset. So, some people just are not interested. They think that they can score enough that it's not going to matter. And so, for example, Jordan Clarkson is a guy that's not a great defender, but he can fill it up. So you can get to this level and be a subpar defender and still stay in the league for a while. Jordan Clarkson's doing a pretty good job of it in Utah as they are. Um, Donovan Mitchell is unbelievable. And I know that's not draft talk, but Jesus, man, he is ridiculous. This is the most, the most impressive thing to me about what he's doing right now is I don't think he's healthy. No, especially not now. Especially not now after the trip about Paul George last night. That's something to watch going forward because he was hopping around. But yeah, I mean he's I mean he's I knew he was good. Like I've I've always known he was good, but watching him over that grid series and and watching him here in this the series now against the Clippers, I mean he is he's the best player. I mean, I know a lot of people that people are gonna say this is crazy, but I was asked this question last night. Is he the best player in that series? I know people are gonna say Kawhi is the best. Player, but he, looking he at the right way now. he's doing, I mean, right now, I think, yeah, because I mean, somebody said, uh, I think I can't remember who that was. I heard it on the radio this morning, put out a stat. He is, I think, only nine points away from what Paul George and Kawhi have done collectively in the first two games in <laughs> yeah, points. And, and Paul George has he's been struggling, and I and I really hate that. I like Paul George, I and I hate that he's a clipper. But, you know, th- this whole playoff P, pandemic P stuff, I, I, people get wrapped up in it too much. He, he's a great player. And that is something one of the, the GBB guys um, threw Paul George's name out there. Like, if they get eliminated, they were talking about if, if they got eliminated in the first round, yeah, people, people do they trash. blow it up? Is Paul George a trade target? And, and I'm not even going to go down that road. I'm not going to talk <laughs> about that. But I saw so many people. Oh, pandemic P, man, you're outside your damn mind (laughs) if you don't want Paul George on your team. Yeah, I mean. And, that you know, he's been inefficient. But, yeah, to me right now, I find it hard to argue that anybody else can be the best player in the series outside of Donovan Mitchell because of what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best tough shot makers that I've in the league right now. I mean, you see him and and Dame, I mean, are the two of the guys that – and I guess you, it's Steph Curry, obviously, but those are probably the three guys that make the toughest shots in the league. I mean, I, you see some of these threes. I mean, there were times in that grid series where, I mean, DB had it beat up. I mean, he played great defense, and, I mean, he just knocked down the shot. I mean, it wasn't – you just tip your cap in those situations, and he makes shots like that all the time. I mean, he's on another level right now, and I hope he's all right, man. I thought that play was a little bit dirty at the end of the game. I think a little frustration from – from uh, Paul there, kind of tripped him there at the end. He was kind of hobbling, so hopefully he's able to to, to be somewhat healthy and continue to play in the series because he after the game, when he's going over to the interview booth, I noticed that he was still 
still kind of hobbled, so we'll watch that. But, man, yeah, he's been been fantastic. But to go back to Cam Thomas, man, man, he, he shot 209 threes, and that's a lot of threes for for a college player. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy get up that many shots. That's a lot of shots for, for a short season. But, I mean, what, I think, what did Isaiah Joe get up? Isaiah Joe shot a ton of threes. Yeah, too. but he did shoot a, shoot a ton of threes. But Cam Thomas shoots, he shot seven a game. Uh, so he puts him up, just like we said, man. He's a guy that lets it fly. But confidence is not something he lacks. So that's definitely yeah. not something that you can really teach. So he's coming in with that. I think he has that scores mentality. I think if he can just rein it in a little bit and work on the defensive end, I think he could be a really good player. The Grizz need a guy like that, like a Lou Williams type of guy that's going to come in and, do, and get man. buckets. And Cam Thomas could – could be that guy. I mean, it's going to be interesting, like you said, how they play this. And that's one reason why I'm not really locked in on position or or mm-hmm. anything like that. People are like, oh, well, you're not going to take that position. This team is just loaded right now. So if they depend, decide to take a guy that they're going to put in, in a G League and, and, and have a redshirt season, so to speak, I mean, they could do that. If the roster gets consolidated, you have an open spot for a guy, maybe we see that as well. So I'm not really locked in on position-wise. I just think Take whoever you think the best player is, and I think that's kind of in the position that they are right now. Yeah, and, and that's you know, at, at seventeen, depending on how this draft falls, it's it's a good possibility that Cam Thomas would be the best guy on the board at seventeen. Yeah, that's but that, know, that could and be that's just the situation. You know that that is something that they've got a couple guys. Chris has got a couple guys that can knock down the shots, and obviously Jaron Jackson getting back, getting healthy, and getting in rhythm is going to make a difference in their shooting. But, you know, you, you've got Bain. Uh, DeAnthony Melton has shown great stuff. You know, he, he he's had times of, of inconsistency and just looked unplayable at times. But you need guys that are going to be able to knock down threes, especially, again, West is tough. You look at the, the teams that they're going to have to face in the West, and a lot of them are three-point shooting teams. And six, seven, eight threes a game, even though you're outscoring them in the paint, man, it, it's still tough to, to overcome that. So it's to to me. I think that a shooter is more than likely the way that they're going to go. You know, that there are a lot of moving parts, but I do really like Cam Thomas. So Chris, thanks again for mentioning him. Let's get to your guy. This is a guy that you had on for last episode, and you were pretty high. And you said Giddy for Giddy. Yeah, hashtag. Yeah, hashtag Giddy for Giddy, man. Probably. Probably my favorite prospect in this draft. That's that's even realistic for the Grizz. I'm not talking about up at the top where you're talking about Kaminga or Green or anything like that, but a guy that could potentially be there. I don't think he will be, but of the potential guys, he's probably my favorite prospect. Josh Giddy, 6'8", 205. He's 18 years old. Australian prospect. Uh, plays for the Adelaide 36ers of the NBL. Uh, 10.8 points, 7.4 rebounds, 7.4 assists, 1.1 steal. Uh, plays 32, 32 minutes a game, uh, playmaker, man. Great, great full vision, uh, able to find his teammates for high percentage looks. Man, just Globetrotter-esque in some of the plays and passes he makes. Just elite ball handling skills. At 6'8", it allows him to kind of look over the defense to make some plays that, like, shorter, shorter point guards might not be able to make. He's really good at pacing the game. Super high IQ as an advanced floater game, which fits in with this Grizzlies team. We know how this team likes floaters, and he already kind of, has that in his mm-hmm. game, so I think he fits in there. Not the biggest athlete, uh, but I think he's extremely crafty, kind of in that Kyle Anderson mold that he can make some moves that, that kind of fake some guys out. He's not not doesn't use his speed, just uses his, his IQ to kind of kind of make some plays there. Uh, so I kind of like that about him. But again, I think 
for a European prospect, he's a, he's a pretty good defender. But I think the downside with him, if, if there's going to be one, is the question mark is going to be lateral quickness and 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 defense. Can can he keep up with guys going up a level in the NBA? I think that's kind of always the question when you when you draft an international prospect. But one thing that I do like, and it's kind of trivial in the in, in the big picture sense, is you, you draft these international prospects, man. Being a small market team, you're bringing a whole country with you, man. I don't. I don't mind uh, Australia being the grids down under. I would mind bringing, bringing a whole country with you and have a whole country of fans coming with Josh Giddy. So I think if, if they did somehow end up with Josh Giddy, I think Australia would be a uh, big-time grids country, and I kind of I like that. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm all about it. It's funny you mentioned lateral movement. Um, that, that is something, one of the improvements that, that I tell you. Um, watching film on him, one of the things that I notice on defense is he doesn't get small enough like when when he's playing and he's got a screen coming he gets hung on screens so that that's an area i I don't know that he actually i don't know that he lacks the lateral quickness i think it's there i think figuring out how to get around those screens and there's that's an art man you know like the way that db and some of these other guys in league get around screens it's they do that because they put a ton of work into that part of their game and so yeah, I've got him six foot eight. He's listed as a guard. I, I put guard slash point forward, but elite playmaker has an amazing feel for the game. One yeah. of my favorite, uh, my favorite thing that I watched him do. And if you go out and you you look for any film on this dude, you will see him do this. If you watch a video of any length and you don't see a dozen two hand over the head passes from him, I you ain't watching the right video. <laughs> like he he and the thing about it, like, it, it's just he puts it exactly where he wants it. That you, you, there's no sloppy when he's two handed over the head, like he's firing that ball, and, and it's right where it needs to be. So the the high IQ, the playmaking, um, and, and Kyle Anderson, what was a guy that I, I was thinking about watching him. You you look at a lot of times we get wrapped up in athleticism for a player. All that you know, they've got to be athletic. Nikola Jokic just won MVP, and he's probably the least athletic guy in the NBA. Yeah. You know, and and that's, you know, Luka Doncic is another guy that's not super athletic, but he's pretty damn effective. Um, You know, there's a number, and those are obviously two of the the upper tier guys, but there's guys, and even in the middle tier, that are not super athletic that are still effective in this league. And and I think that uh, Giddy, especially with the age, you got a lot of time to grow into that body, put some strength on. Man, I, I do like him. My only hang-up is I don't think that there's any way that he gets to the Grizzlies at 17, man. Yeah, I, think I, with, I don't, with, I don't think so either. With his tools and his – he didn't shoot the ball. He was uh, less than 30%, 29.3% for on, three, yeah. on threes at just under four attempts a game. Um, and, and I was going to say, that's a, a weird thing with most of those European prospects. Their three-point numbers usually aren't good. And then they get to the NBA and they're better shooters. Denny Aldija was – I think in the twenties, and he's a pretty good shooter. Lucas' numbers weren't super. I think he was maybe 34 percent um, overseas. For some reason, that I don't know. I've always noticed that that those European prospects, when they're playing over there, their numbers aren't super high, and they get to the NBA, and they're usually a, a little bit better than that. Because I think that was kind of the uh, about Luca. People's like, well, is he going to be a consistent three point shooter? And like you said, the lateral quickness was the biggest question mark with him, and you saw that hasn't slowed him down at all. So I mean, yeah. I think. I think Josh Giddy would be fine, and I, I just love the size. I think that him being six eight, I think that would allow him to play on the floor with 
with Jaw. I think you got a couple couple different guys that can make make plays, uh, be on the ball. And I'm I'm always a, I'm a big fan of secondary ball handling. And I think that mm-hmm. shots get into a T. And like you said, some of those passes that he makes the, the court vision. I mean, I've seen some full court passes where he's just hit guys in the numbers, just perfect perfect yeah, pinpoint man. passes, man. I mean, he's. He's he's fantastic, man. He's a magician out there with the ball. His, his ball fakes, you know, like there there are not many people that are on the same level as, as John Morant whenever it comes to ball fakes. But if the yeah, Grizzlies yeah. draft this guy, his his he ball be fakes, right there. dude. Yeah, like the I, the more I watched on him, the more I wanted to watch on him. It was just every time I would watch a, a different God, video man, or so a different fun, game, man. I'm like, this dude, <laughs> he's just fun to watch. And a lot of times you're thinking, you know, big, explosive, high flying. It doesn't have to be that, man. Just some of the stuff that he does, it just, and it's fluid. It looks so freaking smooth. And that's why I say after watching the video on him, I don't see that there's any way that he falls to the Grizzlies. Yeah, and, I don't think so. If he, if he does, man, jump the heck on it for sure. Like, I, I think that there's a legitimate, I don't know that, that Cam Thomas comes off the board before he gets to the Grizzlies. I think that it's more likely that he's there, but it's to me right now, I would say Giddy is probably top two or three for me of guys that if he's there at 17 and one of my, my favorite guy right now is a guy that we're going to talk about next, but, but I really like what Giddy's bringing to the table. Uh, James Boknight, six foot five shooting guard from UConn. Um, he, he's another guy that we had on the list to talk about in the last episode and we didn't get to, but he, uh, he's just a guy, freshman year to sophomore year, just a, a massive leap for him. You know, he, he took a huge step. And that there are questions uh, about his game. Uh, you know, he, he's shooting under 30% from three. Uh, he had 2.8 yeah. turnovers uh, per game. He tried to force it at times. Uh, gets tunnel vision. He's... He telegraphs passes in the pick and roll. He's not, you know, he's not a great pick and roll guy. But how much pick and roll does he need to run on this team? Is pick and yeah, roll man. really going to be something that he needs to run? And that's he can score. He can get to the basket. He can draw contact. Seventy eight percent from the line on five plus attempts. Um, crazy good layup package. He finished at the rim. He was finishing sixty two point seven percent. One third of all of his shot attempts this season were at the rim. So his hesitation move is among the best in college, if not the best. I dislike everything about this kid. He he's his defense. It's not polished. There's stuff that needs to be fixed in it. But he's got excellent excellent lateral quickness. He moves his feet. Um, same thing that you see with a lot of prospects is just effort. You know, I think a lot of times his shortcomings on defense is just an effort thing. And as you could tell from this young team this year, there's time that that effort comes and go, and that's something that he just got to learn. And some people find that switch, some don't. When you're drafting a guy, that that's always a chance. But he he's he's my number one right now, man. That just there. I was trying to think. There's a a draft guy. I was watching a video breakdown, and he was talking about. Uh, UConn would run him through multiple screens and he he's like I want to be clear when I say this I'm not saying that this kid is shooting like Steph Curry because by the numbers he's not you can look at it and see that he's not 
but his movement without the ball in his hand it, it, it's is very it, it's on that level like it, it there there's a handful of guys in the league that can do what Steph Curry does as far as moving without the ball there's nobody that does it as well as him but Boke Knight is a guy that can move without the ball and and just completely wear a damn defender out because he's tired of chasing him that, and that was the video breakdown that I was watching there were probably six or seven plays where he started on the right-hand side in the corner and he's all over the floor running through, you know, multiple three, four, five screens and then gets the ball and knocks down the three. So that, there's a ton of stuff about his game that I love. And like I said, right now, he, he is number one for me over anybody else that may fall to that point. Um, he's number one for me for the Grizzlies. Yeah, man, he, of the realistic prospects outside of Giddy, which I don't know if that's really realistic, like we just talked about, Boke Knight's probably my number one, too. Um, very, some, some of the similar things kind of, kind of that you said about Cam Thomas, I think he's the better prospect of the two. Uh, but, I mean, he, he's, a, he's more of a scorer than a shooter, just like we said about Cam, especially when you factor in the three ball. But I think with the way he could score, I think he could definitely improve there. Same thing with Cam Thomas. I think I think he could improve on those numbers in the NBA because he's yeah. too good of a scorer and shooter to – to, to shoot the basketball that bad, I think I think you get in the gym, work with him. He gets in the league with some good coaching. I think they can improve with those numbers. But really crafty off the dribble, uh, can really get to the rack. Man, good ball handler. Man, five point seven rebounds a game is elite for a six five guard. I mean, he can really mm-hmm. rebound the basketball. He can, he can be streaky at times, uh, just like we said about about Cam. But I mean, he can really score from from the mid range and get to the basket. And, and again, I think the three point shooting can be can be improved upon as that scores mentality not the greatest defender but i wouldn't say he was a bad defender either i mean a lot of good stuff to work with like you said always moving uh move without mm-hmm. the basketball i mean he's running off screens he's never stopped the 100 motors always always going and i think that is something that, that looked up that jumped off to me on the film that i think will transfer uh to, to the nba and i think he's going to get good looks because he's always moving and you, and you moving like that like you said you tire your defender out man and you end up getting Good look. So I think he, I think his scores mentality, I think that'll translate. And I think he's a perfect I, fit for kind of what this team needs. You think about him, a microwave guy off the bench. I think Boke Knight could definitely be that guy for this team. I think his mid range game against drop defense would just wreck. Yeah, I mean, it, it would murder some teams. Yeah, so that that is there's a lot there, and like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to gas him up and pretend that there's not holes there, because there are. There, there's definitely things that he needs to work on, but just overall and the growth. If if you look back, and I didn't put the numbers down here. I don't generally put a ton of, of like scoring numbers from college because, as you can tell from you know Jaron Jackson, yeah, he, the college numbers don't really you know. They always, always translate to the best. Yeah. You know, uh, another Tyler Hansborough averaged like 28 points a game at North Carolina and then got to the league. And I don't think he ever averaged more than 15 in the league. And so, you know, that's, there are things that you look at whenever you're, you're looking at a prospect and, and to me scoring is, it is important to a certain extent, but, um, I'm pulling it up. That's why I'm kind of – so he went from 13 points a game in his freshman season up to oh, I was 19 say, I points numbers a game. Here. Yeah, so, you know, j- just the you know, the big thing, you know, his his percentages, his usage went up. He went from ten, uh, 10 just under 10 attempts a game to about 15 in shot attempts a game. His uh, field goal percentage dropped slightly, and his three-point percentage dropped. 
But I always like for me, shooting potential comes from the free throw line, right? If a guy is an 80% free throw shooter, I like his shooting potential because when you're as good as Cam Thomas, as Boke Knight, and these college offenses, you're going to be the focus of the other team's defense. And when you get to the NBA, that's not going to be the case. So your efficiency is more than likely going to go up. Um, I would love to find his wingspan. And I didn't list it on here because there were – a variety of different. I saw six five with the six nine wingspan, six five. Yeah, six, don't, seven don't yeah, you know things all over the place. Yeah, you, you, I, I'm I'm not going to tell you what his wingspan is. I learned the hard way last year that the wingspans are not always correct that you see. So I I don't I don't even mess with it. But I'm with the the tool set that he has. I'm happy with him. If he falls to seventeen, if he falls to seventeen, I'm ecstatic. I, I don't know. Um. I don't know if he's a guy that the Grizzlies are targeting, but I would love the hell out of it if he does end up being a Grizzly. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, I think Josh Giddy. I don't think that's really realistic. I think Boke Knight's probably a little bit more realistic, and of the realistic guys, he's the one. I mean, I think I would be willing to go up a couple spots to to get him if if it didn't didn't cost a lot. Uh, I mean, I think that's how much I like him and how much I like his fit on this team. Uh, because, I mean, again, they just they need that guy that's, the guy to come off the bench, the microwave guy is going to come in and get buckets, and he's that. I mean, and you put him on, on a team with Ja, I mean, that would be fantastic. What he can do in the mid-range and get, get coming in, getting that, that open shot there in the middle, man. I, I, I could just envision him and his offense and, and what he could do. I mean, a lot of, a lot of potential there. And, again, man, you, you really don't know where these guys fit in because, again, you look at this roster and kind of look at the wings and, like, where, where are these guys going to play? But I'm, I'm not so much worried about that. I mean, it'll work itself out if – he ends up spending some significant time with the hustle. That just allows him to get better uh, until they consolidate mm-hmm. the roster. But, again, man, I'm just looking at the best player. When they get to 17, if they stay there, whoever they think is the best player, man, go ahead and take them, no matter to be position-wise or what, what's, what's going on with yeah, the roster. Man. Because that, that, that stuff will figure itself out. Yeah, Kai Jones, Isaiah Jackson, both yeah. night, Thomas. Like there, there are so many. Zaire Williams is a guy that we're fixing to talk about. There's yeah. so many names. I think you said it best, man. When, when you get outside of probably the top eight, outside of the eight, maybe, maybe ten, from eleven to thirty, yeah, you I mean, can make like, an argument yeah. for almost any of these dudes to go in that position. Honestly, like that. There's, you know, th- this draft is top heavy, and there's a lot more. I hate it. Last year, they called last year's draft week. And then you look at Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, I hate, you know, I hate like, that when they say drafts are bad. On and on and on. Emmanuel Always quickly. Obi Toppin didn't get a lot of playing time early because Thibodeau doesn't play rookies early. But he came on and he played well. You know, there were a lot of rookies in this draft that were really, really good players right out of the gate. And so, you know, I, I guess what you say is there are more guys at the top of this draft that people are, are projecting to be able to go from elite to the, the superstar level than in the last draft class. But these last two drafts to me have been just just loaded with talent top to bottom, man. Yeah, the depth in last year's draft was fantastic. I mean, you just name some of those guys. I mean, you get Tillman in, in the 40s. You get Desmond Bain at 30. I mean, that. I mean, to get two guys, I mean, those guys were in the rotation for a playoff team. I mean, that's 
and, and, and you call them the draft bad. I mean, I don't ever play in it. I understand what they mean. I think yeah. you look at the, at the guys at the top of this draft, was you talking about uh, Cunningham or, or Jalen Green or Kaminga or Scarlett Barnes. Some of the guys at the top of this draft have more superstar potential maybe than some of the guys you like. Guys like you just mentioned, Obi Toppin going really early in draft last year. They don't might not have quite the ceiling, but I think the depth of last year's draft was really good. And I think it, it, even in this draft, I think it's really good in this one as well. I think you, there, there are a lot of prospects in this draft that are long-term potential prospects. But, I mean, if these guys pay off, I mean, that they could be big-time players as well. You just, you just yeah. never know. Because, I mean, who yeah. who would have thought that, that – I mean, Tillman wasn't even projected to get drafted. And the fact that, he's again, he's in a rotation for a playoff team – I don't think a lot mm-hmm. of people would have seen that coming. So I, I don't ever play. I don't ever go down that rabbit hole and find all oh, this is a bad draft. There's always talent. I mean, you, there's guys get picking fifties and end up being really good players. So you, you, I never buy into that. But the last prospect we, we're going to talk about is uh, Zaire Williams. Man, not my favorite prospect by any means, uh, but he's been heavily boxed to the Grizzlies and discussed amongst the fan base. So I thought I, I, I would uh, bring him into our discussion here. Uh, production just wasn't, I mean, Zaire, I mean, Zaire, we have 6'8", 185 pounds, small forward, one and done prospect out of Stanford. Man, the production just really wasn't there for him at Stanford, especially for a prospect that's garnered as much hype as he is. I mean, 10.7 points, uh, 4.6 rebounds, 2.2 assists, almost a steal, 29% from three on four attempts a game, 23 of 79 overall from three on the season, 37.4% from the field for 76 of 203. So the shooting numbers are pretty awful. Um, they just weren't good at all. Uh, so there, there's a thought that the potential uh, with, with his shot, his shot looks pretty good. So there's a thought that there's a potential for improvement there. Um, has shown some ability to score off the dribble. Uh, was pretty good with moving without the basketball. He's a solid rebounder at, at five, a game, five a game, long and athletic, and it kind of allows him to get in passing lanes and, and block some shots. Um, he's slight at, at 108, uh, 6'8", 185 pounds, so he doesn't, absorb contact well, so he, sometimes he struggles at, at getting to the basket. Definitely needs to get stronger and put on weight. Uh, doesn't seem to have a particularly good feel for the game either. I mean, it's all about long-term of him. I mean, he really hasn't shown that he does anything well or that he ever, he'll ever do anything well. I mean, it's just you, you look at him, you look at the measurables, you look at the athleticism, because he is super athletic. Um, I mean, he yeah, can get oh up yeah, sure. get up off the deck and, and, and throw some dunks down, but production-wise, he did, did all of the tools that he has he hardly really turned it into production. Um, and, and again, I mean, I don't. When you take him, I mean, it's just a, you taking a big swing. And if a, whatever team takes him, you're taking a home run cut because I mean, he, he really hasn't shown any ability. I mean, you taking a shot in the dark and you just hope he feels, us, feels, yeah, feels it yep. to his body and ends up being what the tools say he could be. But right now, man, I mean, he just really hasn't shown that. And, and a lot of people are really, really high on him. I mean, like we were talking about last night, you see some box have him in the top 10, and there's no way I would take him in the top 10. If the Grizz were to take him, I think he's definitely South Haven bound. I think he needs a lot of grooming. But, to I me, mean, you see some things there. Like, you like the size, 6'8", shooting potential. Again, he's long, rangy, uh, athletic. And, I mean, again, you just wait to see if his basketball skills catch up with everything else. Yeah, man. You know, the, the a few things that I listed here for strength for him, his athleticism, it, explosive, above-the-rim guy, 
he does some things good, but like you said, there's nothing really that just leaps off the page of me. He's pretty good on defense, great lateral quickness. He's, I'd say that he's probably comfortable to guard one through three with it, with his size and quickness and length. He's going to guard one through three just fine. At six, eight, you would like him to be able to match up against fours, but he just doesn't have the strength to do it, man. Yeah, he, man, he at 185. Enough. He gets muscled around, and, and that is something that you can obviously fix. That That's just get in that weight room, put the weight on, you know, eat right, get in there with the trainer, do what you're supposed to do. And that's going to get better. Uh, his ball handling for his size is elite. I would say, I'd say his ball handling, maybe yeah. his best attribute, probably his best attribute yeah. at this point, you know, he, he, he can handle the ball really well for his size. He's able to create separation and get his own shot because of that. His step back, he can create, a ton of space with a step back, long strides. So there are definitely things. If you sit down, I, I messaged Isaac while I was watching film on this guy. And I'm like, dude, you're going to have to sell me on him. <laughs> you're going to have to sell me on this kid because I just don't see it. I understand like after watching the film and seeing him and, you know, you go back, I even, I found there was some stuff, high school stuff on him. Cause he played for Sierra Canyon. So, you know, there was some high school film on him and you could see, flashes of things that you know why people are liking this kid and why he is so high on some draft boards but you know his his decision making is bad right now he's, yeah. he's got a negative assist to turnover ratio which terrible you, you don't want that he loses the ball in traffic he makes errant, errant passes uh takes ill-advised shots at, you know a lot of times too early in the shot clock um you, you talked about his shooting. This is the thing that jumped off the page for me for him. 23.3% on catch and shoot. That That is – I, I just rough. can't – to me, generally a catch and shoot shot, you're pretty well set. You get the ball and you're going up with it. To me, that would be the, the place I think that you should excel. It's not always the case for everybody, but I that was just a like a big red flag for me. So he's not – to me, he's not a guy that I would be targeting, and, and and I don't know, man. He doesn't fit the mold of what the Grizzlies have typically drafted. Does that change this year? We don't know. We don't know what's moving. Yeah, the one we, promising we, thing I talked about, you know, shooting potential coming from the free throw line. He didn't get to the free throw line very much because he doesn't like contact, um, and I. Okay, I won't say doesn't like contact. There's plenty of evidence to suggest that he doesn't like contact, but <laughs> I don't know him well enough to say he doesn't like contact. Um, only 2.5 free throw attempts a game, but he was at 80%. So 80% from the free throw line, that can transition like that. That can be something, okay, he has shooting upside because he's 80% from the free throw line. But at 6'8", with you know, just looking at him, if his wingspan is shy of seven foot, I would be surprised. He has got long Yeah, arms. he's long. With his frame, you would think he'd be able to finish better than what he does, man. And, and he doesn't. He he struggles to finish. So that, I that think is, it's just a strength thing right, right now. Yeah. I think if he gets stronger, I think he'd be able to finish more. But, I mean, it's you're taking a, a, a big risk there. I just and, – and we've talked about this. I mean, I think if the Grizzlies – if there's any year they could take a swing with kind of the way the roster is set up, this would be the year. But – I just think they're going to be better prospects on the board. And you say, well, even if they're better, where, where are they going to play? I mean, I, I still think you take the better prospect. But I, I, I see what people think of him. I mean, you, this team 
think needs a big wing and they see a six eight guy with, with shooting upside and they're thinking, oh, this guy could grow into potentially grow into the guy that we're missing here. But I mean, again, I just think they're going to be better prospects on the board, and I, I just I just think there's there's a there's a there's prospects and with him, I mean, he's past raw. I mean, there's I think he needs years of, of prep. I don't I think it'll be a while before he's he's able to contribute at the NBA level. And I just don't know at 17 if that's the guy that I want to take. Um, I mean, I just think we talk about Boke Knight and Cam Thomas, and I, I definitely think Cam Thomas is a, has a real potential to be on the board at 17. And you're going to take Zaire Williams over Cam Thomas? I'm not. No, no, I, absolutely not. I was actually – I was fixing to pull it up here. And, and I saw a comparison. Chance, I think but, NBA Draft.net has him compared to DeAndre Hunter, which I, I think I can see that. I think that's kind of what you would love like him to develop into, a guy that – this long, he can play good defense, not a great shooter, but capable of knocking down threes. I think that's kind of the guy you'd want, but I mean, I think he's even a long ways from that, and I I wasn't even a big fan of, of DeAndre Hunter's potential coming into the league. He was a really good college player, but I thought he would didn't know if it would translate, so again, I think, was Zaire Williams, I mean, again, there's a lot, he has a lot of fans in Memphis. Uh, you, you go to Grizz Nation and kind of see the fans talking on Twitter and social media, there's a lot of people want to take a chance on him, but I, I just don't know if, if that would be the, the route that I would go. So, so here I'm gonna name off five Hate players. Hate to kill the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I'm gonna support whoever they draft. If this front office, oh, 100%. looks at video like they have done nothing for me to doubt what this front office does. So, what whatever they decide, like I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm gonna support them. But right, NBADraft.net has him eight right behind Scotty Barnes, and, and to <laughs> no, me, like no way, like. Am I taking Zaire Williams over Ke- Keon Johnson? Nope. <laughs> no. Corey Kispert? Nope. No. Jaden Springer? Nope. James Boknight? Nope. Usman Gobara? I, and I butchered his name. I'm not sure. Do you know how to say that? The, the kid from Real Madrid? I, I, think, I, I think you nailed it. I think that's it. Did, did, okay. Um, so, you know, Kai Jones, the, there, there are a lot of guys here that I'm just – Josh Christopher, I'm I'm taking Josh Christopher. Yeah, I mean, there are even guys, my guy Ao to some new. I, I mean, there are a lot of yeah. guys that I would take over over Zaire. I mean, again, and I just think those guys are more equipped to to contribute immediately. I just think Zaire Williams is a long ways off, and I think I don't know if he's shown enough to make you think that he 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 might. He's a guy that might not ever get there. I just think that I think he's that that far away and again he could play he could play out big i mean sometimes you take a guy like that and you look two or three years, years down the line you're like this is yeah, what every, everybody saw when he was coming out and you're wondering why people were like knocking him but i mean i, I just but how, I, how many of those guys miss I, i'm yeah, gonna give you a I mean, great, a a great miss, example yeah. a fantastic example of size and ability and athleticism getting drafted and he's a former grizzly at this point bruno caboclo man yeah, had a ton of hype. Got drafted. And I I don't have it up right now, but he got drafted in the first round. Definitely one of those Toronto, guys. And, and he was like, they're like, oh, you know, he he's he's young. He has all the tools. He's a couple years away. And a couple years away, <laughs> it's never came to fruition. And so, is it okay sometimes to take a swing at a guy? You know, when when you don't have a, a top five pick, is it okay to take a swing at upside? Yeah. And just like Isaac said, this is the year. This is when you have to do it. If you're going to take a swing at upside, like I, there's not going to be a better time to do it. With, with the way your roster is set up, 
barring any type of moves, the people that you have coming back under contract, you can take a swing at upside. And if you miss, you just miss. It's fine. But there's just too many guys. I, I just... I can't justify it, man. I am. I, I have not been a huge Corey Kispert fan, and it's you know like he, he's a senior. He's a four year guy from Gonzaga. That's something that the Grizzlies like. They may very well target him, and if they do, the kid can shoot like nobody's damn business. Yeah, I, mean, like, yeah, I was I was really big on they, him early. I mean, I was talked about him. He was my guy early, but I've kind of soured on him, especially when you look at. I mean, you just drafted Bain. I mean, he's not a guy mm-hmm. that he's. I think he's pretty much going to be a shooter. I mean, he's not going to yeah. – and then like not like Bain. He's not going to do much else. And, I mean, where does he fit on this team? That's just kind of my thoughts on, thoughts on, on Kiss. But I like him as a prospect because I think he's a, an elite shooter, and I think that translates. I just don't know where he fits on this roster when you just drafted Bain. I just – it doesn't really – he just doesn't really fit to me. Yeah, there are at least – I will say there are at least seven guys that I can name off right now in this in the NBA draft.net that are from – we'll say from 15 to 30, there are seven guys that I can name that I would take over Zaire Williams. Oh, easily. You know, easily. and and that is, man, I hate it because I, I don't ever want to any, like I, there, there's times when we're playing an opposing team and I'm going to bash a guy, but this is not one of those times. Like the kid's young and he's raw and there's things that he needs to work on. Does he have upside? Yeah, 6'8", 185, you want him to, to beef up. You know, th- th- there's things that you want to see him do to get better. But I I just, I can't see it, man. I, to me, and, and who knows, he may end up, you know, he may be a guy that there's always, every single year, there's a guy that had been projected in the 20s all year long and then he comes to the combine or he has a workout and he skyrockets, skyrockets. Patrick Williams, Chicago Bulls. I think I mentioned that last episode that there's always somebody that, that rockets up the board. Yeah, I think if he and, goes into a workout and, and shoots the basketball really well, I, I think he could he could be a guy. He could end up in that top 10 because I think people see the potential, the length, the athleticism. And you got a six, eight guy that's shooting the basketball. If he goes into workouts and shoots the basketball well, I think he could really help himself and because i mean and that could fool some people you might you might take them higher than you should and he ends up not panning out but um i mean you see that every year just like you said there's always guys that are projected later to get to these workouts and, and kind of shoots up the board and i think the shooting thing is one thing that could could project him up yeah yeah so again i i don't want it to to sound like i'm crapping on the guy there's just guys that i like over him and that's we uh we, we got a show coming up and I'm going to make fun of Isaac a little bit here because he threw it out here, so I've been poking at it. Uh, we're, we're going to have uh, Joe Mullinax is coming back on, and we're going to have Mr. Sean Coleman. We're going to do uh, yeah, man, it's like gonna be a, fun. A, a roundtable type discussion. We're going to talk about the end-of-the-year stuff. We're going to talk about draft stuff. We're not necessarily going to be breaking down anyone in particular, but I want to get their thoughts on who they like and why they like them. And I know that Sean has been a guy that has supported Zaire Williams, so maybe there is something that he is seeing that I'm not – but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. that. That's coming up sometime next week. We'll get that to you. That's all we got for today. Isaac, you got anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? 
No, not really. I was going to say, I know Joe is a Franz Wagner guy, and I'm not a big Franz oh. Wagner guy, so we'll talk about that as well. So he, that, he that's can keep be fun, all man. of those stocks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm wrong on that one, I will eat crow gladly. That is not a guy. For, like, I, I didn't even look yeah, to see. I, I don't get where, it either, but we're definitely yeah. going to break him down because he's been a popular guy for the Grizzlies well, but Joe loves it. So uh, we're definitely going to get his thoughts and see what he sees there because I just, I don't see it. I mean, I, I don't even, honestly, and again, I hate, it's not really bashing a guy, but I honestly don't know why he's a first-round pick. And I'm being dead serious when I say that. I don't see anything that – I mean, I'd rather have Kispert than, than Franz Wagner. I mean, I don't – In a landslide, I, bro. Yeah, I In just – I don't know. landslide. NBADraft.net agrees with you. They got him at 35 right now. Yeah, they like I Wagner, don't – Wagner at 35. Yeah, I don't know. He's not an elite shooter. I mean, I, I would see if his numbers – he's not – I think 34%. For disease, he's not even an elite three-point shooter. Like, six, yeah, six foot nine. I mean, man. six. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. And yeah, the thing about so. it, I saw it the other day. He's six eight, six nine, two oh five. Exact same size as Josh Giddy. So mm-hmm. I, I I noticed that the other day. So that lets you know, man. I, lo- I love Josh Giddy, man. I wish wish there was opportunity to get him. Man, I would be willing to move up to get him or Folk Knight. Those are probably my top two guys, realistic guys. But again, man, we're gonna break down all these prospects again. Like like David said, we're gonna talk with Joe and and uh, Sean Coleman. That's gonna be fun. Uh, Collaborating with the guys over from GBB, always enjoy having them on. Got a lot of, a lot of special guests coming up. So man, we got a lot of, lot of content coming up for you, man. So make sure you continue to, to rock with us. But uh, again, man, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here, uh, David. Yeah, man. I, I want to. Uh, I'm gonna shout out Chris one more time. It, listen, if you guys have a prospect that you want us to 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 watch film on to talk about on the show, tweet at us. Let let us know. Definitely. Um, you know, Chris, thanks for for mentioning Cam Thomas. I said we we've got a lot of time between now and the draft, so we're going to cover the majority of these guys. We may get to your guy, we may not, but if there's somebody you want us to, you know, you want to hear our opinion on, tweet at me, tweet at Isaac, the show. Let us know. We'll be happy to uh, to watch film on them and give you our honest opinion. And I will tell you this, last season, I watched so much film on different players. And by the time I was done, there were guys that I never would have imagined that I would like, like just kind of, you know, reading stats and stuff like that. And then I start watching the video and I'm, I'm like, oh, dang, you know, like so that you, you can get when you start researching these players and digging in, you can definitely get your mind changed. I, I think my top prospect for the Grizzlies last year changed a hundred times so you just holler us the the show is on twitter at hootball grizz i'm at dwill 2111 isaac let them know where they can find you and get us out of here man yeah man you can find me on twitter at isaac underscore rivals i-s-a-a-c underscore rivals man again man exciting time of the year uh again we're in the middle of the playoffs man we're talking draft prospects got a lot of stuff going on but that's it for today man uh for david this has been isaac and we don't This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.